don't you just love that feeling? You know, it's Monday morning, your alarm goes off. You, you got the whole work week ahead of you. It's just alive with potential. You know, you've cleared that annoying weekend where you didn't really have that much going on, you know, and now you are back. It's Monday morning and you are so fired up. Who's with me? <laughs> yeah, I got one hand. Very nice. So we're starting a brand new series today. It's a three-week series called Loving Mondays. The reason that we're doing a series called Loving Mondays is, well, quite frankly, because most of us don't love Mondays, do we? And what's interesting is that even if you're here today and you really actively enjoy your job, whatever your job looks like, school, you know, taking care of the kids, whatever, whatever your, your, you know, your work week looks like, even if you're here and you enjoy your job, one of the things that's interesting is that just enjoying your job doesn't necessarily translate to loving Mondays, does it? I remember um, my junior year in college, I took a semester off. My second semester, junior year, took it off and uh, did a, an internship with a, um, an accounting firm. I was an accounting and finance major, and I really didn't have any sort of professional experience on my resume, and so I needed, to, I needed to dive in and do something. So I got this internship, and I was working for this big accounting firm downtown Cincinnati, and it was pretty cool because it was like my first uh, desk job. You know what I'm saying? It, I, you know, I had to wear a suit, and that was kind of cool and, and fun. And Man, I was like 19, but I, I felt a lot older than 19 when I was going and doing that. They were paying me a ton of cash to do this. And um, the other thing that was neat was that, um, so I'm a junior in college. It's only about 45 minutes from Miami University where I went to school. And so I was still able to go up in the evenings and be a part of what was going on with college activities and on the weekends and stuff like that. So I was making a ton of cash and I was, you know, I was building my resume and I was still getting to do the college thing. It was perfect. And I was really, really enjoying it for a while. One of the things, uh, there was an assumption that I made when I, when I took the job, and I just figured, you know, this was going to be from January to May, and I just figured they had to just know. It didn't, we didn't even need to talk about it, because my employer had to know that spring break week was right in the middle of the internship. And, and obviously, if spring break week is in the middle of the internship, and I'm a college student, it's my junior year of college, I mean, of course we all know that, duh, I'm going to be on spring break because I'm a college student, and that's what college students do. So, you know, we're, we're starting to bump up, you know, a couple weeks away from it, and I remember telling my boss, I'm like, so just letting you know, you know, I'm just making plans, spring breaks, you know, this week coming up, and he just looks at me like, dude, you're not going anywhere, man. You got a job to do, you know? And he said, by the way, the 65-hour work weeks we've been working, it's busy season for accountants. That's a minimum requirement. You're not going anywhere. Okay. So, so now I was really, really bummed. I mean, you talk about anticipating the Monday morning of spring break week. I mean, that was just going to be horrible. But then I made one other mistake besides my assumption. My other mistake was I told my friends, whatever you do, do not call me. Do not call me during spring break week. Okay. When you're down in Florida, you know, having a great time. Don't ever do that. Okay. That's like the worst idea ever. What, what did they do? 
Every day they would torture me and they were smart. You know, they would call the main line for the, for the company and get the receptionist and get to my phone. So I couldn't even screen them out. I mean, it was just, it was torture. Man, and I just remember absolutely just hating that week in particular. So the deal is that even in those times where we, where we have a good thing going, Mondays can still be this really difficult thing. And so we want to talk about today, how do we get to a point where we actually say, well, I'm looking forward to Monday. I, I, I love Mondays because I got news for all you guys. It's coming. Less than 24 hours. Don't mean to bum you out, but, but here we go. It's just your reality, okay? So um, you guys uh, got those instructions for the phone survey. So go ahead and take your phones back out. I noticed some of you never put your phones away. That's beautiful. Hopefully uh, you, heard, you heard some of what I was saying just then. Everybody get your phone out. We're going um, to start a survey. If you just came in late, you can, this is how you get linked up to the survey. You text drama to 22333. All right, so here we go. I got four questions for you guys. Let's see how good you guys can do with these questions. Question number one. What percent of the world's workers are satisfied with their jobs? What percent of the world's workers are satisfied with their jobs? Is it 13%, which is letter A? You just text the letter A, okay, right back to 22333, which you should already be logged into. Is it A, 13%, B, 30%, C, 41%, or D, 56%? Are we texting? Oh, we got it. We got a. We got an error. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. We're we're, we're gonna freewheel it then. All right. All right. You guys ready? How many hands for A? Okay. We're old school. Old school. Raise it high. You only get you only get one vote. All right. One vote. Okay. How many hands for A? All right. Hands down. How many hands for B? Thirty percent. Okay. Hands back down. C. Forty-one percent. Okay. And D. Fifty-six. Who's up for, you guys are optimists, man. I love you guys. Those are the people who like their jobs, all right? All right, the answer, the answer. Let me see everyone who, who said A. Raise your hand. You guys are smart people, okay? This, listen, listen. Gallup did a poll last year. It's like 142 countries, 250,000 people across the world. And um, it's 13%. 13. Is that crazy or what? Now, if you answer 30, you can feel a little bit good about yourself because that's actually the answer for the United States uh, workers. Okay. Yeah, see, you get, don't, get, don't get too excited. All right. So, but 13% of the world's population would say they're satisfied with their jobs. Okay. Next question. All right. Um, who are the people in the United States who are happiest with their jobs? What is the happiest profession? Is it a, database administrators, B, executive recruiters, C, underwriters, D, executive assistants, or E, software developers. Who's going for database administrators? Raise your hand. Everyone needs to participate, okay? A, who's in for A? Oh, man, okay. Who's in for B, executive recruiters? Seems kind of cool, right? All right, hands back down. C, underwriters. Okay. D, executive assistants. E, software developers. All right. Believe it or not, and this is according to um, a, a survey called is Survey Bliss. It's a it's a big website or not Survey Bliss. I'm sorry, CareerBliss.com. This was a recent survey that they did of 25,000 workers and all these different professions. And what they found, the answer was actually 
a database administrators. Is there a database administrator in the house today? Anybody? Database administrator? They're working. We got one right over there, and he's got a huge smile on his face. All right? So find him after the service and figure out why in the world is that profession so cool. All right, next one. Here's the next question, all right? The people in the United States who are the unhappiest in their jobs. Who are the unhappiest people? Okay? Is it, is it accountants, machine operators, security officers, bank branch managers, or customer service representatives, all right? So, who votes for A? Again, this is Career Bliss's survey recently. Okay, accountants, most unhappiest. Okay, told my accounting story. All right, good. Um, machine operators, hands? Okay, I got two, two votes over there. Okay, C, security officers. All right, D, bank branch managers. All right, mine always seems pretty happy when I go into my bank. And E, customer service representatives. Jeez. Now, you can put your hands down. This is actually what I figured, too. I thought for sure it was customer service representatives. But I don't know. Maybe there's joy in solving people's problems. You know, maybe there's another side of that coin. Um, you know, no, you're shaking your heads. Okay. The answer, according to careerbliss.com, was actually C, security officers scored the lowest in terms of their happiness with their jobs. All right. Here is the final question, all right? The final question, and this one, we're turning it personal, okay? We're turning it personal. How do you feel about Mondays, all right? Now, it was going to be anonymous, but now we're going to have to, everyone's going to show their cards, all right? So you got to be honest, we're in church, all right? Do you love them? That's letter A. Are they just okay? Oh, you guys are ready. The, the people who love them, they're already ready. Okay, so let's see. You love them. You love Mondays. You just can't get enough. Okay, if you raised your hand, you can just go ahead and go, all right? We'll see you in a month, all right? Okay, how about the, they're, they're okay, you know, I guess I'm happy to, okay. All right, man. Uh, and then, see, Tuesday cannot come soon enough, be honest. Or maybe I should say Friday can't come soon enough. Okay, Friday, getting more votes for Friday. All right, yeah, forget Tuesday, man. Tuesday is no better. All right, so... A tremendous number of hands for letter B, and, uh, and then quite a few also for letter C. And, and really, here's the thing. There are, there are a few of you, and God bless you. You love Mondays, man. I heard a woohoo, you know, from somebody out there. And uh, that's, that's awesome. But, but here's, here's really the question. What do you do when you really just aren't that jazzed about starting out the week? When, when you really don't enjoy your work that much? And don't just think... Don't just think like nine to five, you know, job. Your work right now, you could be in a season where your work is your student. And that's your, that's kind of your job right now is to go to school. Or your work could be, hey, you know, I'm at home with the kids. And that's my job right now is to raise my kids and take care of my kids. So whatever work looks like for you, what do you do when you're just not that jazzed about starting your work week? Or maybe Maybe you actually love what you do. Maybe you love your work, whatever your work looks like. But you're just going through a, a really 
difficult time. There's a, there's a season that's really hard, you know? There's been a transition at work, you're taking on more responsibility, and it's super stressful. Or now you have to work on a team with somebody and you just can't stand them, right? And you're just dreading coming to work. Or maybe you're a student and, and this semester you have just the worst classes and the hardest teachers. You know, how do you get through that time? Even though you, for the most part you enjoy going to school, but man, right now you're just dreading Monday morning. Or maybe you, you know, you, you stay home, take care of the kids. And right now the kids are just in one of those phases where it, it is just brutal and you are working through that. So what do you do when you don't love Mondays? When you actually are just like, get me to the weekend as fast as possible. All right. We're going to talk about that today. And uh, we are going to see if God has anything to say about this, if there's any wisdom out there to be gleaned. So if you have your Bible this morning, I want to encourage you to turn to it. And this is the easiest time you'll ever turn in your Bible anywhere ever. Turn to page one. All right. Um, We're looking at the very first book of the Bible. It's Genesis chapter one, verse one, literally the first words in the Bible. And this is what they say. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in that one sentence there, what we see is the very first topic that we get introduced to. It's work. Did you see that? In the beginning, there was work from the very beginning. And in fact, in the beginning, who do we see at work? Yeah, we see God at work. I've given you a smattering of verses from Genesis chapter one that really outlines uh, God's work. So we start in verse three, and then we're just gonna bounce all the way through to the end of the chapter with just little excerpts. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky. And then let the water teem with living creatures. And then God said, let the land produce living creatures. And then God said, let us make mankind in our image. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And if you're familiar with this passage, you know that each time, each day, God says he makes something, and then it's good. He works, and then the work is good. Then in Genesis 2.2, it says, by the seventh day... God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So we see here in the beginning of the Bible, we're introduced to the subject of work and God is the one at work and the work is good. Now, some of you might have seen that and you're like, okay, yeah, the seventh day, God rested and each day. And you're thinking, man, are we going to like start to get into a debate about, you know, was it, was it seven days or was it 15 billion years? Because, you know, there's people on both sides of that whole argument and, or, you know, are we going to get into that whole thing? And I'm, I'm wondering about that. Here's the deal. Um, Regardless of where you fall on, on this issue, okay, regardless of whether you believe that God created in six literal days and on the seventh day he rested, or whether you believe that God created through a process of evolution over like 15 billion years, no matter which one, seven days, 15 billion years, no matter which camp you fall in, here is the thing. The point of this passage is that God is at work. God is the one behind it. 
okay? And that our work is good. So we're not gonna get into a big debate, creation, evolution, that whole deal today. You can go do that after church, have a great old time fighting that out with, with whoever you want to, okay? But the point is, God is at work and the work is good. Now, you might've missed this, but in verse 26, which I went over quickly, so God's been going through and creating and then it says, God said, let us make mankind in our image. Let us make mankind in our image. And so what this gives us a little window into is if God is at work and God's work is good and we are created in the image of God, what does that mean about us? It means that we are made to what? To work. And that work is what? It's good. It's good. Now, in Genesis chapter two, the focus really turns to us. And mankind really becomes the central subject of God's attention. And what we see in Genesis chapter two is we see Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, okay? They're in this absolutely utopian place where everything is perfect, everything is in harmony. You know, they're in perfect relationship with God. Things could not be better. Literally, Adam is in paradise. And what we see in the middle of paradise, this is before anything goes bad, before anything goes wrong. You know, you hear the fall of humanity. That's before any of this. That's just Genesis chapter three. So in Genesis chapter two, we are in utter paradise. And check this out, okay, check this out. Genesis 2, 15, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. To what? To work it and take care of it. Did you catch that? So the man is in paradise, total and complete paradise. And he is given a, 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 he's given a job, right? He's made to work. God's like, hey, this is part of paradise. Go ahead. Here's something to do. Here's, here's have some purpose. Have a little work. It's great. Go enjoy yourself, Adam. Now, I don't know about you, but that's just not my picture of paradise. It's just not. My picture of paradise looks something like this. Yeah. And the only work that I'm doing is I'm straining to make sure that I can kind of dip my, my leg over the hammock, you know, side of the hammock, so I can get my toes into the water a little bit as I'm reclined reading a book or, you know, making sure the sun's hitting me just right. And, you know, in my picture of paradise, I've also got a cold drink in my hand that somebody else prepared for me. Because you know it always tastes better if somebody else made it for you, right? So, so this is kind of my picture of paradise. I don't know what yours is, but this is mine. And work really doesn't come into the equation. I'm not really thinking about job stuff in my picture of paradise. But that's not God's picture of paradise. And you cannot miss this. This is so incredibly important. In God's picture of paradise, every single one of us has a job. Every single one of us has work that must be done. Isn't that interesting? We are created in the image of a God who works and the work is good. And therefore, we are made to work. And that work is good. Now, 
that might be really hard for some of you. You're like pushing back so hard right now. Oh no, you don't know about what I've got going on. You don't know about my job. You don't know about my situation, okay? And this is a really hard concept to wrap our mind around for one primary reason. For 99.9% of us in this room, when it comes to work, we don't really have much of a choice on whether we want to or not, right? I mean, it's something that we have to do. We got bills to pay. We've got needs that need to be met. And so for just about all of us in this room, work is something that we have to do. There's no real choice in the matter. But I want to tell you something. Just just imagine with me for a second. If you didn't have to work, if you didn't have to, like let's just say for, for a minute, okay, your wildest you know, fantasy, that you, know, you came into a billion dollars today, like today, all of a sudden you had a billion dollars legitimately in your bank account, okay? And um, you have no need to work ever again. Some of you are like, I know exactly what I would say to my boss right now in this moment, okay? <laughs> but, but here's the deal. If n- money was no longer a need for you, and you faced with the reality that you no longer had to work a day in your life, you know what you would realize? You would realize you don't have to work, but you need to work. Now, some of you are like, I'd love to take you up on that. I bet you, I bet you that I could, I wouldn't get to that place, okay? Now, for some of you, it might take quite a while. It might take weeks or months. You're like, you know what? Give me a billion dollars. I'm sure I can have a good time. All right. I'm, I'm, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a need for work for a very long time. For some of you, it might be a whole decade. But eventually, eventually, the truth is that you would come to a place where you realize, I don't have to work, but I need to work. And here's why we need to work. Work is actually the thing, it's one of the things actually, that gives us our place and our purpose in this world. Again, don't just think, you know, nine to five job, but your school, your, you know, whatever tasks you have, you know, raising your kids, whatever, whatever that thing is. But our work gives us a sense of place and purpose. And our work is one of the ways, it's not the only way, but it's one of the ways that we actually discover who we are. It's where we discover our gifts and our talents. It's the way we find out, how do I kind of interact with this world? How do I make a difference in this world instead of just consuming and taking up space? And what we find from many uh, psychological studies and and, uh, articles and things is that work is actually a basic need for humankind. We have food, shelter, clothing, love, and Maslow's stuff. But then we also actually have a basic need to work and to impact this world. It's critical to our overall health. And, and many of us, if we think about a season in our lives where we didn't really have meaningful work to do, we know this inherently, don't we? We don't need psychological studies and things to tell us this. We know when we've had times where we really haven't had any sort of purposeful work that it's been really, really difficult. It's depressing. And some of you are here right now and you're in one of those in-between time seasons. And, and it's just, it's so hard. My heart goes out to you if that's where you are right now because it is just incredibly difficult because we are wired to work and work is one of those things that we need. See, the reality is when our alarm clock 
or clocks or phones or, you know, however, whatever your setup is to get yourself up out of bed in the morning, you know, when, when, when that goes off on Monday morning, in the midst of rolling over and, you know, trying to find the snooze button or whatever, um, you know what's going through your mind, whether, whether you realize it actively and you may not say it exactly like this, but this is what's actually going through most of our minds when that alarm clock goes off. Oh, Got to go to work, right? It's some, ver- it's some derivation of that. I got to go to work. That's why I can't just unplug the clock and just go back to sleep. Got to go to work. Oh, man, it's Monday morning. I've got to go to work. If we can really wrap our minds around the idea, the truth, that God has actually made us to work and that work is something we need, it's, it's a good thing for us. If we can do that, if we can actually put a lot of energy and attention and focus and meditate and really think about that, if we can do that, then we can actually move ourselves from when that alarm clock goes off and we're like, oh, gotta go to work. I gotta go to work. Oh, I don't want to, but I gotta go to work. We can actually move to, you know what? Work is good. I need this. You know, um, I was made to do this. You can actually move yourself from I've got to go to work to I get to go to work. I've got to go to work. No, 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 no. I actually get to go to work. Work is a gift from God. It's a blessing and it's something that is actually a basic need of mine. That's one letter difference from I got to go to work to I get to go to work. But that one letter is everything to us. I remember um, when I was in my early 20s and I was working as a business consultant for a large professional services firm and I was helping different um, organizations, businesses go through uh, big changes. I was like a change management consultant and so software implementations and mergers and acquisitions and things like these and uh, the job was really exciting because it was constantly changing. You'd be with a company for three to six months and then you'd go somewhere else and many of you guys know know the deal because this is what you do as well. Um, and so it was cool. I mean, it was, it was pressure-filled and the hours were long, but it was, it was pretty dynamic and, and pretty cool. Um, and, and so on the whole, I, I enjoyed it. But I remember there was this one project and it, we were just coming on to an insane deadline. Like we were in the final couple of weeks. And I, I remember saying to a buddy of mine who was, you know, we were talking and he's like, oh, what's going on, man? How's, how's the week going for you? And I said, man, you know, it was like Tuesday or something. I was like, dude, It's just brutal, man. And I remember telling him, I said, you know what? I can't wait for what? I can't wait for Friday. I can't wait for the weekend. I mean, I was hoping I was actually going to get a weekend because I wasn't sure at this point. But I was like, I just can't wait. And he said to me, he said, you know what, Derek? He's like, that's cool. I, I, totally, I totally get where you're at, man. I mean, that sounds, that sounds insane. Like I just described it to him. And he's like, man, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, that's an insane week. He goes, but be careful. He goes, Derek, be careful. He goes, just make sure that you don't allow that, like this next couple of weeks of this project insane deadline to become a, a pattern because you don't want to get into a habit where you start every week saying, you know, I just can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend. He says, because guess what? He goes, I've thought about this. He said, and you know what happens if all you're doing is waiting for the weekend? He goes, think about it. The weekend is two days of a seven-day week. Two days 
of a seven-day week. He didn't hold the fingers up to me, okay? Just so you know, Um, because I would have smacked him. But anyway, um, he said, so if all you're doing is you're living for the weekend, you're you're really only living like two-sevenths of your life, or at least you're really only looking forward to two-sevenths of your life. He said, think about that. He said, Derek, you want to live a seven-sevenths life, right? Man, that hit me. In fact, the next morning I went in and I quit my job. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But, <laughs> and don't you do that either, okay? But here's the thing. If we're in a place where we're like, oh man, just, oh, Monday, man, oh, I just hate it. I got to go to work. If we're in a place where like, you know, uh, just, you know, Monday's fine. I mean, just get through it. I'm happy to have a job or happy to have kids or whatever. You know, happy to be in school. Um, but just kind of trying to get through it. You just want to really be careful because you don't want to get to a place where you look back and you realize, wow, I lived a two-sevenths life where I was only really interested in my weekends. And the antidote for that, again, it's this spiritual task that sounds so easy, but is actually really difficult. It's wrapping your mind around the idea that our work that we get to do is a gift from God. It's actually something God has wired us to do. He's wired us to work. And that work is good. And when we can wrap our minds around that, really think about that, what we can actually get ourselves to is a place where we, we say, no, I don't, I don't got to go to work. I get to go to work. And, and that's really the key to a seven-sevenths life. So if you're here today, and you're just, you're really struggling. I mean, just honestly, you're struggling. The thought of the fact that Monday morning is coming like 20 hours from now, you're like, oh man, okay? If that's you, I just want to give you uh, something that you could do very practically, okay? Either get a post-it note and stick it on your mirror, or maybe you just take a dry erase marker and just write right on your bathroom mirror. Somewhere you're going to see it when you get out of bed and splash some water on your face to wake yourself up. And I just want you to write three words. I get to. Not I got to, but I get to. That powerful reminder that this is actually a privilege. It's a gift. I get to go to work. I get to go to school. I get to take care of my kids because this is something that God has wired us to do. So, those three words can be a radically powerful perspective changer that can help you to really try and start to get a handle on enjoying your week and living a seven-sevenths life. Now, I want to give you a, a, a challenge as well, okay? So I know many of you guys like challenges. I got a challenge for you, and I was just going to challenge you with one thing, but then I realized, come on, you guys are Washingtonians, man. Yeah, one thing is so lame. So let's do three things. I want to go ahead and do three challenges. This is called my 3G challenge, all right? It's my 3G challenge to you. This is for the next three weeks. I want you to do these three Gs at work, whatever work looks like for you, okay? And here they are, all three at once. Grumble, gossip, glory, okay? This is the intersection of faith and work right here, okay? My 3G challenge for you. You better be ready because it seems cool now. It's harder, than it, it's harder than you think, all right? So the first one, and this really directly correlates, this was the only one I was gonna give you, okay, is grumble, 
okay? For the next three weeks, you're not allowed to grumble if you take this challenge, okay? You're not allowed to complain about work, period, okay? When people are complaining, just, just dismiss yourself. And I'm gonna give you a scripture that will help you with this because like, you know, if, if, if you ever said like, everybody close your eyes for a second, everybody close your eyes, okay? Okay, now don't picture a pink elephant, okay? Whatever you do, don't picture the pink elephant. Don't look at it. What do you see in your mind? Exactly, okay, so you can open your eyes now. All right, so if it's just like, don't grumble, don't grumble, don't grumble, here's something that you can do, all right? Philippians 4, 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Find something at work that you can focus on that's good, and for the next three weeks, don't grumble, all right? That's your challenge. That's gonna be hard. The second one, don't gossip, all right? This is, un- you pro- gossip happens so much, you don't even, you're not even aware of it anymore. It, it's, just like, it's just like oxygen you're breathing. It's just all the time, all right? And this is something that actually, if you're here and you call yourself a Christian, this is something we're not supposed to do, okay? So I hate to burst your bubble if you love to do that, but um, Ephesians 4.29, this is Apostle Paul writing, and he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Let me say that again. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So, you know, when your boss is driving you crazy or there's that coworker or whatever, or, you know, oh my gosh, can you believe what he did or she did or whatever? For the next three weeks, I'm gonna challenge you. Don't do it. Don't do it. See what happens in your workplace or school or, you know, whatever, uh, see how things change as a result of you doing that. And then the final one is the word glory. Grumble, gossip, and glory. The word glory, this is the idea that everything that we do, ultimately, it's for the glory of the one who made us. Everything we do is for God's glory. So, you know, that task that you're doing, it's actually not for your boss. You know, that, that team member that you can't stand, It's actually not for them. Your kids that haven't said thank you in three years, okay? It's not for them. Your your, your teacher, your classmates, whatever. You're not ultimately doing it for them. The reason that you do what you do, the reason you conduct yourself in the way that you do is ultimately because God has made you to work. Work is good, okay? And you are to do it for the glory of God. Romans 11, 36 says, for everything comes from him, this is God, and exists by his power as in, and is intended for his glory. So that's your 3G challenge. Grumble, gossip, glory. For the next 21 days, there you go. And see what happens, okay? Now, I'm not saying everyone's gonna be like, oh my gosh, are you a Christian? Like, you know, you're, it's not gonna be this like incredible evangelical tool, all right? Uh, it's really not. The biggest change won't be to the other person you think you're trying to reach because all of a sudden now you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to try this out on my friend, you know, and they're going to come to church and it's going to be amazing. No, no, no. This is actually for you. This is actually for you to see what God might do in you. And then as a byproduct, if you can keep it rolling, then there could be some really cool stuff that happens after that. All right. So let me tell you where we're headed the next two weeks and then we're done. Okay. So Next week, we are going to dive into what is the purpose of work anyway? Okay, fine, it's good, all right? That's cool. But, um, you know, what's the purpose of it? Why are we working? Why are we there? And this will be particularly helpful for you if you feel like right now you're stuck or this isn't really your dream job. 
Why are we there? Okay, what's the point of all? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Man, that's going to really, really help you to, 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 uh, to love Mondays, all right? And then two weeks from today, we are going to talk about what does the Bible say about how work intersects with life? And now there are some of you who really need to hear this message two weeks from today, and I'll tell you why. Especially if you were like, man, this, this sermon day was awesome, okay? Work is good. In fact, I'm going back to work right now. I'm so inspired. You know I'm gonna go into the office. Okay, here's the thing. There are some of you, and you love work a little too much, all right? Because for many of us, work, you know, in, in the job traditional sense, is actually easier than doing a lot of the other stuff that's required. And if we had to be honest, we would maybe lean toward the side of saying, yeah, maybe I'm a workaholic. I mean, I would never say that word, but I sure do love my job. And so what we're really gonna dive into in two weeks is this whole idea that our identity actually isn't found in our work. Our work is good and it's this, it's this really great thing for us, but our ultimate identity is not found in our work. And we're gonna talk much, much more about that in two weeks because we don't wanna be in a situation when work is good, we're good. And when work's terrible, guess what? We're miserable and we're miserable to be around. And then when work's good again, oh, we're all happy again. See how unhealthy that is? It's not good. It's not good. So we're gonna look at, at how to get healthy at work. All right, now, as we close, uh, here's what I want you guys just to imagine with me. I want you to imagine with me for a minute that when your alarm goes off about 20 hours from right now, okay? Sorry to depress you, but when your alarm goes off about 20 hours from right now, instead of reaching over and turning it off and turning on your light going, I got to go to work. What if instead you sprung out of bed? Yes, I said it. Okay. Yes, I did. All right. No coffee yet. Yes, I said it. You sprung out of bed and you said, you know what? I get to go to work. What if you said, okay, this week, God, thank you. The first words, the first thought out of your mouth was, thank you so much, God, that I get to go to work. Do you realize what your work week might look like? if you started with a perspective and the attitude that work is good, that we're wired to work, and that this is something that we get to do, I want you to try that tomorrow morning, okay? You can use my name in vain if you want, okay, when you're doing it, totally cool, all right? Wake up tomorrow. Thank you, God, that I get to go to work. All right, let's pray. Uh, God, we just want to say thank you um, for the fact that you actually did uh, create us to work, that we are introduced to you and you're at work and it's good. And that as uh, men and women made in your image, that we're also made to work and that our work is good as well. Uh, Lord, help those of us who are here and we are really struggling with the idea of loving Mondays. Um, help us God, just to get motivated to, uh, to, you know, to, to have the right attitude and to give this a shot and to, to take on this challenge. Because God, ultimately, yes, we all want to live a seven sevens life. But just help us to really let this, let this truth sink deep down so we can, we can live it out and we can experience you know, the, 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 the fullness of living every day. Uh, Lord, for those who are here right now who are... In, in, in between situations, uh, Lord, we, we just pray, God, that you would be with them in a special way because all of us know that feeling and know how hard it is, how gut-wrenching, how depressing, how demoralizing it is. And God, right now, we just pray that 
each person who's here, that you would reach down and touch them right now, that you would encourage them in their seat right now where they are, that you would remind them that ultimately their hope is in you. And God, that you are good and that you have, you have a purpose for them. And Lord, we just pray you'd open doors for them. And uh, Lord, that you would make a way for them. And um, Lord, for the rest of us, let, let us be so thankful that we have work to do. Give us that right get to attitude this week. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.